I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. number two of primetime action here on VEASAN, VEASAN.com. Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, Kelly Bidlin behind the glass, and we have not done all of our golf picks yet. We will continue to do that. Kelly has a golf card, and listen, Kelly's had a bunch of outrides here lately as well, so you're certainly going to want to get his picks from him. That said, we have some first pitches coming, so we want to give you those odds in case you want to get involved at these games in this hour, which are Rangers and Astros. That's Glenn Otto and Justin Verlander. It has now moved to minus 305, Wes, mm-hmm. on Verlander. And as you mentioned, I imagine a bunch of parlay money yes. is coming in here on this. So uh, minus 305 on Verlander and the Astros at home, plus 255 on Otto and the Rangers on the road as underdogs. Seven and a half is the total. 810 Eastern, Johnny Cueto and the White Sox and Chris Bubich and the Royals. Minus 145 on Cueto and the White Sox on the road as favorites, plus 125 on Bubich and the Royals as home underdogs. Eight and a half is the total two more games this hour. The Blue Jays and the Orioles, this was postponed an hour and a half now. So this is going off at 8.35, they're saying. This is Jose Barrios and Dean Kramer. Uh, Barrios, minus 145, favorite on the road over the Orioles, plus 125 if you want the Orioles at home. As underdogs, nine is the total. And then that final game this hour happening up in Denver, Cardinals and the Rockies. That is Jose Quintana, Kyle Freeland, if you want the Cardinals as road favorites, minus 155. If you want the Rockies as home underdogs, plus 135 in that one. As we mentioned, a huge 12 and a half total on that puppy. That is because that's happening up there in Denver. Mr. Bidlin, what about the games that are going on currently? 
Yeah, right now, Marlins up on the Phillies, 2-0. That game in the top of the fourth inning. Uh, three perfect innings for Sandy Alcantara to get this game going. Shocker. Yeah, shocker. Uh, the Marlins move to minus 290 live betting favorites. The Phillies plus 230. 6.5 is your live total. Shaded to the over at minus 145, though. Uh, Braves and Red Sox, that game is scoreless. Bottom of the third. Uh, right now, Braves sitting at minus 160 live favorites. Red Sox plus 130, six and a half your total. And the Guardians have a three to nothing lead over the Tigers in the top of the third inning. If you want to get uh, involved in that one, Guardians minus 775, Tigers plus 550. Nine and a half is your total. Well, it's a bunch of day baseball today. The Mets get it done over the Reds, ten to two. Taiwan Walker moves to ten and three. On the season, kind of been a solid under the radar guy there for this Mets squad. And Dan Vogelbach, I believe, had of like three RBIs today. Uh, his uh, theme song, apparently, when he comes to the plate, is "Milkshake" by Kalise, and they uh, had a funny respect moment. Respect that on- even more. Well, so this is Kelly's uh, third favorite player. I don't know. I think he just moved. I think he might have just moved ahead of Alejandro Kirk. And, really? And, and, and I think have. it was Gary Cohen who was on the SNY broadcast for the Mets that brought that up, and Keith Hernandez, you know, really was like, I don't know what that means, you know. And basically, <laughs> basically no sold that, and I wouldn't be surprised that Keith Hernandez did not know that song. Brewers over the Rays in ten innings, four to three. They moved to sixty and fifty. On the season, Cubs over the Nationals in a game that nobody cares about. In 12 innings, the Angels beat the A's 5-4. to four. Mariners 4-3 four to three over the Yankees. We talked about that a little bit earlier. This Mariners squad moves to 61-52, and 52, and they might be a team to keep mm-hmm. an eye on down the stretch here because they're only going to get more healthy. They have not had a lineup yet that has had – Hanniger Rodriguez yes. in it, it together, and so this is this is interesting. This Mariner squad for sure, and then uh, the Padres all over the Giants today, thirteen to seven. Padres. The Padres put out sixteen hits. Yeah, that. yeah, thirteen runs today. Mm-hmm. Padres are going to be interesting because I believe they only play two games the rest of this month against teams with winning records. So look, everybody kind of bought in after the Juan Soto deal, and then they get swept against the Dodgers, and then it's like, okay, now these Padres, you know. They lose the first game of the Giants, won the last two. Uh, tough one last night, a real tester. They had to win in the walk-off. Manny being Manny, Manny Machado, three-run shot. But maybe if you're looking to buy the Padres, now would be the time in the National League, I think, because they've drifted a little bit because now it's like, ah, eh, they're still not as good as the Dodgers. Keep in mind, Tatis not back yet. They're incorporating mm-hmm. Soto and Bell in the lineup. They just got Will Myers back, even though I don't believe he started today. Mm-hmm. So, Padres going to pick up a lot of wins, you would think, here in August against some of the bad teams in the National League. Yeah, and, and uh, you know they're going to be able. There's going to be games where they just score a yeah. massive amount of runs. So Sean Manaya wasn't necessarily sharp today, right? I mean, he goes five innings, he gives up three earned, he only strikes out four, he walks one, and it didn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it didn't even come close to mm-hmm. factoring into the deal. So, like you said, with that type of with that type of schedule, with these bats, these pitchers don't even have to be completely on top of their game, they're going to get wins down the stretch as well. Yeah, no question about it. So uh, don't sell the Padres just yet. They're going to have probably a big August, and then what do they open Labor Day weekend? They get another series with the Dodgers. Kelly Bidlin, we are wrapping up what was a really nice golf season for every 
really everybody here on the network, there were a lot of outrights that were picked. There was a lot of good placement market bets, a lot of good head-to-heads that we were able to get home. I think everybody is is well into the positive this season. That doesn't mean we're not going to try and go ahead and increase all of that. So what did you put on your card this yeah, week? Yeah, hoping to close this out strong. Could, it, could you use one more outright winner this year to feel uh, make this mm-hmm. season feel good? So yeah, I'll start right at the top of the outrights. Uh, Justin Thomas, I landed on as well, Matt. Um, fifth and sixth in my last 24 and 36 round models. Uh, when you switch it over to last 24 rounds on Bermuda, he's number one in my model. You go and look at what he's done it uh, on this course before. A win here in 2020 at the WGC. Uh, 26th last year, 12th place finished in 2019. Uh, just average strokes strokes gained over the three last three years on the WGC event. Uh, he's second only behind Webb Simpson as far as guys that played in all three tournaments as far as average strokes gained over those uh, three tournaments. So, yeah, yeah, he was a guy, Matt. I mean, we love JT. We love betting on JT. We bet on him often. Wasn't a guy I had any designs heading into this tournament, though, thinking I was going to be betting him. So it, it really model plays there. Uh, look, I'm back on Matt Fitzpatrick. This is a guy that's, uh, I, I mean, a heck of a season. I, I think this would be an incredible win if he went and pulled this off, too, for everything that he's done so far. But, uh, you know, up there in the models, ten to top 10 in my last 24, last 36 round bottle um, and then you go and look again what it, these WGC's the last three years beforehand drops a 57th in 2021 but then goes 4th and 6th in 2019 and 2020 so I, I think that skews his stats a little bit because of that one bad year that he did have uh, in 2021 so uh, I'm on him I think that's the biggest discrepancy between what you guys ran and maybe me because you know we ran similar but not the same type of models, mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick wasn't even in the top 25 in any version of, the, of of any of the ones that I ran. So like he was outside the top 25 in in every single version th- that I ran. So it was just some some little tweak that you guys had in mm-hmm. yours that I didn't have in mine that kind of like boosted him up or knocked him down in in, in mine and y'all's. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so obviously yeah, him there, and I'll kind of hit my. Uh, uh, other bets that I bet along with these guys. So JT, I bet outright there. I found I liked him in the couple matchups that I bet as well with Rom and Cameron Smith. So it's smaller bets is as far as we kind of describe how we lay out money here. Smaller bets on JT top twenty because I also have matchup a couple matchup bets on him. Fitzpatrick, I didn't find any matchups I liked, so that's a much heavier top twenty bet that I have on him there. Uh, at minus 125. Tony Finau, it's just, I, I'm going to keep r- riding the hot hand. I ain't a top 20 bet. I wasn't going to go and jump all the way to an outright bet on him this week. This isn't exactly a course. He's played all that great in the past, so I, I thought a top 20 at plus money here. Uh, actually, I found here in town at William Hill. That was worth a bet. Uh, and then, uh, sorry, Sam Burns, straight with the outright. Sam Burns, like you said, Matt, Bermuda Burns, number one guy putting in Bermuda. Couldn't, couldn't uh, you know, scratch that couldn't scrap how well he's done at, at this event last year in the WGC. Played an outright on him, didn't do anything more with him though. So we'll see. Like you said, man, maybe he just wins the tournament. It doesn't matter. It's the only thing we should have bet. Yeah. Who knows? Um, Shane Lowry. It was a guy that I've bet a ton this year. Been very high on this year. He had a horrible tournament last week. Um, but look, this is this is probably the number one model guy that I've got going this week. With every, like you said, Matt, he was very high in every model I ran. Switched it over to my Bermuda model. 
Waddle. He's second behind uh, Shane Lowry or behind Justin Thomas. Um, again, a guy who's who's gone on this course and play and finished twenty third, sixth, and thirtieth. So the course history is there as well with him. Another big top twenty bet of mine. Billy Horschel. I know a guy you guys didn't play at all, Matt. I know you were on him last week. Mm-hmm. I, he was a guy that stuck out a lot to me uh, w- over the models that I ran over what he's done on this course. Moreover, at a long period of time when this wasn't even the WGC, this guy's had top 10 finishes here in five five events over the past 10 years, went 17th and 25th in the past two WGCs. So a guy with a lot of experience on this course, uh, it, that was something that attracted me as well. Uh, also switch over to uh, Bermuda and you'll find him pretty high up there as well. So that was a guy, I played Billy Horschel there and in the top 20 in a uh, two to one. I, th- I th- thought there was some good value there. And then I guess the guy we're all on, Mito Pereira, did all the fun value in a massive, uh, yeah, that's a just, massive he's, a, he's, he's the model. He, mm-hmm. He's just he's just our model guy this week, right? Like yeah. I don't have and the price is so big. I know yeah. the field is better at yeah. the top, but it's like, you know, if he hadn't missed four straight cuts, what is he like in the yeah. sixty six oh, yeah. or seventy yeah, or something probably, like yeah. that? I mean, I just think you know, okay, he hit a rough spot, and sometimes that's when you like buy low. You don't want to mm. always buy a guy necessarily at the fifty two week high. I mean, some guys you got to ride the form, like I know Kelly, yeah. you're doing with Finau in terms of the top twenty. I don't blame you there, but. You know, and I did it with Sun JM. I rode him a little bit just to continue the form. But sometimes you can buy low, and I think Mito Pereira is a very good candidate this and week. And then just lastly, the one guy I wanted to bring up, Matt, because I think you have the same bet on him, is Connors t- at top yeah. 40. He's the one guy that I you could maybe argue I should be playing an outright on that I'm not. I think his win equity is so low. Ex- that's exactly yeah. what it was. And I, being able to find a top 40 at minus 115, same. that was like, that's good enough for me. It's a heavy bet for me. But I like that one that I left it alone at that. Yeah, I played mm-hmm. him in the top 40 market. I played Aaron Wise, Chris Kirk, Keegan Bradley. Those are all just kind of agreeing with the model here and not necessarily that they, that they have a bunch of win equity. I played a couple of top 20s in Daniel Berger and Max Homa as well but it doesn't really matter because sam burns is going to win the tournament so it doesn't doesn't really matter all this stuff is wasted money i should have just bet sam burns and taken all that money and put it on sam burns we do 32 teams and 32 shows on this program and when we come back we are going to talk the san francisco 49ers the big take from bloomberg news brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so... 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete for free cash all season long. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join in on the action. Blue Moon made brighter, 21 and older only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as always, drink responsibly. responsibly. Wes, we can't find anybody that was born in a ballpark. We have asked for a week now. <laughs> this whole born in a ballpark challenge said, if you were born in a ballpark, please tweet at us. Let us know. I need to know the story. None. We, we're not getting any of that. Ain't, ain't nobody born in a ballpark. Yeah, again, the best we've gotten is allegedly someone conceived in a ballpark. But I don't know if I believe that. Like you said, Matt, I think that's uh, I guess just a nice story. It is. That is uh, that that is one of the things that their their parents tell them that – Made them feel good about everything. It's like, you know what? The, your cool story, it doesn't pan out. Doesn't work. A three-run jack by Marcel Ozuna. Three-nothing Braves over the Red Sox there. Again, the Braves looking to, to continue to try to climb up there. I mean, it's going to be a tough task now that DeGrom is back in the way that he is playing West. I mean, that guy, it looks like, he's, he, it looks like he didn't skip a beat. Yeah. 
on 102 miles an hour with 96 mile an hour sliders. Yeah, off Tommy John <laughs> and and almost uh, you know approaching 40, but a uh, little bit younger pitcher that's been pretty dominant. Sandy Alcantara, not perfect anymore. Did give up a hit, but still two nothing fish going to the top of the fifth. All right, 32 teams, 32 shows, and honestly, we're pretty close to that. I think Kelly. Yeah, we are. We get right there. Oh yeah! Let's head out to the bay. 2022. What will the season bring for Trey Lance and the 49ers? Well done, well done. They went 10-7 and last year. They finished third in the NFC West. They lost in the NFC Championship game to the Rams, 22-17. Of course, Kyle Shanahan is back. Mike McDaniel at offensive coordinator and D'Amico Ryans at defensive coordinator. So, Wes, let's start here before we talk about, you know, who they brought in in free agency, who they lost, what the draft looked like. I mean, everything is about – all the talk is about Jimmy G right now, what they're going to do with Jimmy G, where is he going to go. For all the talk, and, and listen, I am not a Jimmy G guy. I think he is far too conservative. I think that if you're trying to win a championship, he's probably not the guy in today's NFL to get you there. I think he is a guy that can certainly win you games and can certainly get you to the playoffs. Is that enough to win to, to get you through the playoffs? My, my opinion is no. That being said, for all this Jimmy G talk, they are 35-16 and 16 with him. Mm-hmm. And they are eight and twenty-eight without him. Right. So the numbers do speak for themselves. So my opinion really doesn't mean anything because the numbers, I mean, thirty-five and sixteen versus eight and twenty-eight pretty much says it all. Exactly. And look, uh, when you can run the ball like San Francisco's been able to, I believe uh fifth in rush attempts, they were seventh in yards last year, fifth in rushing touchdowns. So when you can run the ball as well as they do then, you know, maybe you need that game manager type quarterback mm-hmm. that kind of works with you. No, you don't necessarily uh, have to have a gunslinger, I think. I'll be interested to see. I think the 49ers still are going to be able to run the ball, despite the fact that uh, Mike McDaniel now in Miami is the offensive coordinator and also uh, Scangarello, the quarterback coach, he is now the OC at the University of Kentucky. So you do have at least a little bit of a new pecking order. Bobby Slowick will be the pass game coordinator. Brian Greasy comes out of the Monday Night Football booth to be the quarterback back coaching to work uh, mostly with Trey Lance, but we know Kyle Shanahan still pretty yes, much calls the plays, even though Anthony Lynn is the mm. assistant HC and will have at least some input, but Kyle Shanahan makes the final decisions. I still think this is going to be a team that runs the football well, though maybe maybe using Debo Samuel at least a little bit less because I think uh, that's why he uh, was holding out and he got that extension. Maybe they promised him, okay, we're not going to use you too much in the running game like we did late in the season. So we threw it up there, so we might as well uh, talk about it real quick. Like there, take a little a little sidetrack here on the Jimmy G odds where he will play next season. West uh, two to one on the Browns, three and a half on the Seahawks, four to one on the Dolphins, five and a half for the Texans. Then we get into that seven fifty range: Giants, Rams, Bucks. Uh, then we get the Bucks at uh, eleven to one, Saints sixteen, Falcons sixteen, then Titans at twenty. And, and people are going, "Well, what do these numbers mean for all of this?" Stuff? Well, look. I mean, I think the Rams, the number shrinks on them because what if this arm injury that they're saying isn't as big of a deal with Matthew Stafford actually is Mm -hmm. a big deal. This team mortgaged it all to have a three to four year run. Right. To and and they understand in about four years this is going to be it's going to be pretty rough. They have no picks. They have whatever so they can't waste a year. You know, like, I mean if Matthew Stafford can't play this year, they can't waste a year. They can't mm-hmm. be a John Walford year. Mm-hmm. You know, so I understand yeah, why, they're, why the numbers are him out for the preseason. Yeah. I know we're gonna talk to Frank Schwab in the next segment and talk about the NFC West as a whole. And that's obviously the most interesting question to go along with uh where Jimmy G is 
is going to go. But staying on Jimmy G for a moment, I always thought that maybe the Texans made sense because of the relationship mm-hmm. with Nick Casario. He drafted him in New England. However, when you're looking at the Texans, if you think that this team is going to be bad, and they probably are going to be one mm-hmm. of the worst teams in the league record-wise, they're going to be up there to draft a potential franchise quarterback here in 2023. So do you want to see, okay, what do we got with Davis Mills? Yeah. You know, and and that's why I think maybe you've seen those numbers drift up a little bit, even though there's a past relationship. It's like, okay, why did the Texans necessarily want to get involved with Jimmy G when they could maybe have a Bryce yeah. Young or a C.J. Stroud yeah. next year? I think that is a – zero percent chance for them for for the Texans with Jimmy G that would make absolutely their whole plan that they have been yeah. orchestrated over the last two seasons would make no sense yeah, if they go at, out there and, at the worst case scenario maybe Davis Mills shows you yeah. something and it's like hey maybe this kid's pretty mm. good and then all of a sudden we got a high draft pick we could trade up or down or maybe focus on another need which they have multiple needs down there in Houston so on the free agency front they brought in Charvarius Ward to play corner for them. They brought in Oren Burks at linebacker. They brought in George Odom at safety. Tyler Croft is there to kind of back up what you have with George Kittle. Um, let's see. Domingo Ture is a defensive lineman that they have. They have Ray Ray McLeod that they picked up. Malik Turner as well. Defensive lineman and Hassan Ridgeway. Robert Kimdichie is also got signed. Now, whether he's got anything left in the tank, we shall see. It was only like a million and a half dollar contract for him. So um, all upside, really no downside for them in signing him. Yeah, a lot of short deals, really. Yeah. Not a lot of long-term contracts. I know Ward got three years. George Odom from the Colts of so safety got three years. But a lot of one- and two-year deals that you can easily get out of. So you really didn't see any seismic moves, I think, by this team. On the out front, Lakin Tomlinson, their left guard, is gone. DJ Jones, a defensive lineman, is gone. Edge rusher Arden Key, right tackle Tom Compton, edge rusher Contavious Street, they're all gone. Cornerback Kawan Williams is also out of there. Raheem Mostert, no longer in town. Marcel Harris, a linebacker, and then Jaquiski Tart at safety is all gone. So, listen, while there's no huge names there, I think, to the average kind of football follower there, Wes, I mean, Lakin Tomlinson being gone, DJ Jones on that defensive line being gone, and even losing your right tackle on Tom Compton, I mean, this aren't this isn't insignificant losses for them. No, there's going to be some yeah. retooling. I mean, I'm giving the 49ers the benefit of the doubt, like I did mm-hmm. the moment ago, that they're going to be able to run the ball. Uh, they lost uh, a couple running backs not there, but I think that they're relatively mm-hmm. deep at that position with uh, Mitchell and Trey Sermon and Jeff Wilson, Ushak obviously in the fullback role, Michael Hasty. So they've got plenty of running backs. They've got to do a little bit of retooling up front, but I think that they should be fine. We are on the draft side. Of course, they were one of the teams that did not have a first-round pick. We had a handful of those teams that didn't have any first-round picks this year. So they come in in the second round, take defensive end Drake Jackson with their second-round pick. Third-round pick, another running back, and Tyrion Davis-Price out of LSU. So they took a running back in the third round. They take a they had two third-round picks in which their second pick, they took wide receiver Danny Gray, who might actually end up seeing some time mm-hmm. for them early on here. I think that that wasn't necessarily what they were thinking, but apparently he has been looking pretty good in camp there for them. Offensive tackle Spencer Buford in the fourth round, and then a corner Samuel Womack in the fifth round for them. And so, you know, the draft, I think none of the names are one of the, are any of the names that people are like, Ooh, in and eyeing about or whatever. But I, you know, listen, if you have a, if you get a defensive end, that's going to be part of the rotation there for you. Cause they already have a, an incredibly solid defensive line. You get, 
a running back that can come in. We know, like you said, I think they want to run the ball. I think Elijah Mitchell probably leads the way there. But if you have a Tyrion Davis-Price as kind of the backup there to Elijah, Elijah Mitchell, that's pretty solid. And if Danny Gray, who you get in the third round if you really liked him and he's going to end up seeing some significant reps, then I think, you know, look, your, your top three picks without having a first-round pick, I think you're pretty satisfied. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, maybe Danny Gray ends up being one of your deep threats. He played mm-hmm. in that air raid down there at SMU. So he's seen a lot of targets his way. This is a good receiving group. I think, you know, top five to ten in the league with Debo, with uh, Danny Gray, Juwan mm-hmm. Jennings, Brandon Ayuk, and, of course, George Kittle, one of the, still one of the best tight ends in the league. So they're going to be, I think, okay offensively. We know defensively they are elite. They are mm-hmm. one of the better ones in the league. I thought D'Amico Ryans did a really good job in his first year as defensive Yeah, I mean, this is this is the, the only the real question here, and we'll, we'll talk about this, on the other side is 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 Trey Lance and where does he where where what do we feel about him you know how yeah. do we feel that this is going they've given to him go? a lot of support I right. mean you know there are much worse situations for essentially a rookie quarterback that what had two starts last year yeah. so still essentially a rookie quarterback but there are uh, worse situations around other guys let's see at what football outsiders have this team ranked last season we'll see some projections from them from Sharp Football from Pro Football Focus as well and then we'll give you kind of how we might go about betting this team if we were going to bet this team at all. We continue with the 49ers on the other side. Primetime action continues here on a Wednesday. Matt West and... Kelly talking the San Francisco 49ers, looking at some of the players that they brought in, some of the players that left, what they did in the draft. And now we take a look at where they ranked football outsiders last year. And I think this might surprise some people. Sixth overall team DVOA in Mm -hmm. 2021. That includes the fifth overall offense, the seventh overall defense, and the 26th rated special team. So you can see they'd be even higher if it wasn't for the special teams there, Wes, I think that with the way that this squad kind of finished up, again, only a, a 10-7 and 7 record last year, people would probably be like, are you serious? They were the sixth overall team DVOA. The defense was so, so, so incredibly good. And, and on the offensive side, yeah, they didn't really light it up all that much, but they were efficient. And I yeah. think that that's one of the things is just the efficiency metric of this offense is is what really climbs the ladder for them. Yeah, I think so. Because, uh, and, and you look, I, I thought they played very well down the stretch. I know they had that loss in Tennessee. I think that was a Thursday night game, but they won a couple close games. They won at Cincinnati in overtime. They won that game to close the season in SoFi Stadium. So they finished very well because they they had a little bit of a shaky start when they were two and four after the loss to Indianapolis on Sunday Night Football, that rainy game that they had, uh, ugly game for both sides. But they started to get better, I think, over the course of the season. I think it was really led by the defense, and it also helped that they found kind of a new weapon with Debo Samuel in the running game. I know he doesn't want to run very much, and you don't want to necessarily treat him like he's Tyreek Hill or something where you're running a bunch of end-arounds and, and reverse handoffs. But, you know, you still, I think, don't want to totally dismiss that. I think it's going to decline this year, though, with, the, you know, Debo obviously chirping about it and the fact that Mike McDaniel now down in Miami. So 8.8 projected wins in 2022 here for this 
for this team, according to Football Outsiders. They have them in their one million simulations, zero to five wins 11% of the time, six to eight wins 34% of the time, nine to 11 wins 39% of the time, and 12 or more wins 15% of the time. They've got them making the playoffs 48% of those simulations at less than half the time. This team was able to make it to the playoffs and sub-6% were they able to make it to the Super Bowl. With that, what they're looking at here now is a projection that comes out as the 16th overall team in the NFL, DVOA, 16th offense, 14th defense. Again, that is 2022 projections according to Football Outsiders. If we go over to Sharp Football and we kind of look at this schedule, and it's up on your screen right now if you're watching along with us, it's the 13th easiest schedule Mm -hmm. in the NFL. And, And Wes, if we take a look, They need to win some games early here if they are going to, in my opinion, really make a run. Because I think you can I think you can go ahead and kind of make a statement here when you've got games with the Bears, the Seahawks, the Panthers, the Falcons all early on in the season. Yeah, maybe you lose those that the Broncos and Rams, but if you're coming out of that six game stretch four and two, I think with the 49ers with a rookie quarterback yeah. and, and kind of having to retool a little bit on the offensive line and all of that, I mean, if, if you come out of that stretch four and two, I think you're feeling pretty good and about yourself. And I know yourself. those teams uh, aren't necessarily great, but they're yeah. still road games. Yes. And if you go like three and one on the road, maybe maybe even steal one early with the Rams. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, we know Kyle Shanahan, even though he lost the playoff game, he still fares pretty well yeah. career-wise long-term against Sean McVay, and who knows what the Rams are going to be. I know we're going to get into that more in the next segment, and then uh, Obviously, that middle quadrant or that middle third, rather, is the toughest of the season, having the Chiefs come in, and, going to the Rams. And that's my whole point about it. They better book some wins early yeah. because you start week seven, Chiefs, Rams in their bye week, Chargers, Cardinals, Saints. Mm-hmm. And what if the Dolphins are actually better? Yeah, I mean, my, you know, like, well, we got to think Miami's yeah. going to be at least solid on defense yeah. because we know that they can turn you over. So, and I think they have a pretty good secondary. And then you have Tampa Bay, of course, uh, Tampa Bay dealing with some injuries right now, mainly on the offensive line, but also looking up during the show at one of the monitors, receivers are all all of yeah. a sudden dropping like flies down there. We, yeah, we, I think I'm going to mark this down as one of those, uh, hey, after week six, look for a, a in-season under on the wind total. I'm, for, I'm glad uh, you brought Niners. that up because that is already in my that is already in my reminders on the on the season is to check what the in-game uh, number looks like on this San Francisco team because it is not out of the realm of possibility for them to lose every game from week seven all the way to week 14. Right. I, I mean, it's not crazy to think that that could be the case because they will be dogs for sure. Chiefs, Rams, Chargers, depending on how the Cardinals shake out by then, they'll have DeAndre Hopkins back by week 11. So, I mean, it depends on what they look like. I mean, they're they're going to be dogs probably four straight weeks right now. Yeah, and then you even go to the end, I mean, with Seattle, and we Mm. think Seattle is going to be bad. That's still a divisional road game, so those are never gimmies. You get Washington, who I don't have a lot of expectations from, but I expect that they're going to at least be a decent defense. Mm. Uh, And then you come here to Allegiant Stadium week 17 to face a Raiders team that you know are going to be able to score points this year. I expect they're going to be one of the better offenses. Not sure about the defense as of yet. And then, of course, week 18 against Arizona. Yeah, Kelly, I am, I'm looking at this team and kind of rooting for them early so that I can fade them late. Because this 10 number, I have a pretty strong lean to the under as it is anyway. Yeah. But if I can get this at 11 or 11 and a half because they do start out 4 and 2 or something like that, then that is where I really, really, really want to come in and, and will come in 
as often as they will let me. Yeah, I, I'm, I think I'm with you on that. I can't imagine me having anything rolling in preseason bets on the Niners. It's a, uh, you know, honestly, with, this, with the Stafford stuff that's been going on, we've talked about this multiple times over the past week, but it's just this division's become a little bit more tougher to figure out. I mean, obviously, Trey Lance is rolling into an established team with a quality, a great defense. Uh, there's some weapons there. It's, it's just all going to depend on him, right? It's another one of these situations. Are where, they going to have him be baby steps early right, yeah. on where it's like, okay, we're going to run the ball early, you know, nice, easy passes, short intermediate routes. George mm-hmm. Kittle is going to be your best friend. You know, look for him. Look at for look for the guys like Ayuk and those guys in the slot. And then, you know, as we go along, we're going to open up the playbook a little bit or more Or who knows, Wesley, the, the kid might be ready to go right now. Yeah. We don't know. We haven't seen him. You exactly. know what I mean? So that's where it's kind of – So I, I don't want to, like, totally sell him short here. Right, exa- exactly. And that's kind of how I'm approaching them this year where I don't want to – they're a team I'm going to need to see first. But like you just said, Matt, if I'm seeing that early on and they're grinding out, grinding out some wins mm-hmm. over some teams that I think are pretty bad, then great. I'll jump in then and bet an, an in-season under on the win total. But I, other than that, guys, there's – there's not much just because of the Trey Lance. It's really Trey Lance, but it's the all the question marks there. There's not much preseason wise I have interest in. Yeah, I mean, if we if we want to like if we do want to try to look at, at some positives here, right? Yes, Trey Lance is, is coming in. He's going to has he has limited experience, so th- there is that going for. But uh, you know, it's it's a 14th rated offensive line head into the season. According to Pro Football Focus, if you look over what um, if you look at what Warren Sharp thinks, he thinks it's a little bit better. He thinks it's like the ninth offensive line coming into the season. It's a very good tackle combo with Trent Williams and and Mike McGlinchey. And if you look at Williams, he was actually the number one graded tackle out of eighty three qualifiers last season. So you're talking about the number one tackle in football. That is certainly a big help to a mm-hmm. young quarterback, no doubt about that. You mentioned the receiving core a little bit earlier, Wes. Yes, Debo's there. Debo's happy now. He got paid. So he's there. Brandon Ayuk, you've got George Kittle. Those that's a that's a very solid trio right there. Now, what do you now what do you get from Danny Gray or Juwan Williams, as you mentioned? Right. So now if one of those guys can kind of surprise and you have a four you're you're four deep as far as like true weapons in this offense, mm-hmm. that is huge for a young quarterback. So I mean, there there is upside here, and specifically the upside being that maybe they're not going to be playing from behind all the time either because it is a good defense and a really good defensive line. And from an individual prop standpoint, depending, some books go deeper. You know, some books mm-hmm. only go like the number one or number two receiver. But I would expect Juwan Jennings is going to take a step up here. You know, basically, he was drafted in 2020. I know you look at the numbers, he didn't have much. But late in the season, remember that must-win mm-hmm. matchup against the Rams. Six balls for 94 yards and two touchdowns. Caught multiple times in each round of the playoffs before they exited in that yeah. NFC Championship game. So, Jawan Jennings, they're probably going to try to get him the ball more. So, Trey Lance, actually, when you look at it, he's got more weapons than I think he's been given credit for. And, and if you look at, on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, Bosa, Armstead, you got Jackson, you got Hyder. I mean, like there, there's a, a ton of different guys that they can rotate in through that defensive line. So, you know, Bosa's going to be on the field as much as he can handle it. But mm-hmm. but outside of that, I mean, you've got a nice rotation of guys that you can have on the edge. You've got Eric Armstead that you can move on the that, that, that can play exclusively on the inside now where yep. he's better anyway. 
I think this is going to be a pretty tough team to run it on, and I think they're going to get a ton of pressure on opposing quarterbacks as well, which, and again, I, helps a young quarterback because if he's Warner, not playing from behind all the time. And Warner, one of the better middle linebackers in the league, usually the middle linebacker for mm-hmm. most teams, are going to call the defenses and call the plays on the field out of the huddle. So uh, this is a guy that I think is a good leader on that team. The one thing that they got to do, I noticed on defense, even though they were very good, they get their hands in the cookie jar a little bit in that secondary, and mm-hmm. I, I believe that at one point, I don't know if the, how they finished, but they had had the most pass interference penalties. I remember that Sunday <laughs> night game against the Colts where they, they must have like, it seemed like 10 pass interference penalties. So they can get a little handsy back there in the secondary, but I got to tell you, I was really impressed, especially with what they did at Green Bay up in Lambeau they, in the they, playoffs. They paid Charverius Ward a ton of money to come in and help out back there, so hopefully he can solidify that as well. Again, no preseason bets for me. Probably going to be looking at an in-season play on this team, unless Trey Lance looks awesome, in which case I will just back off and and let them do their thing. We'll talk to Frank Schwab, see what he thinks about this 49ers team, amongst other things on the other side. Coming back, primetime action. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, 
I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check out the current betting splits data. Splitting bets! Hey! You made me so happy right there. Want to know <laughs> where the money and the bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits. Just another way VEASAN's here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Pull back the curtain a little bit here. So sometimes these chairs, like they, they, they shrink down, they fall down, and I'm able to kind of like hop up mm-hmm. like this, and they'll, they'll come mm-hmm. back up. I'm hopping up, and it's not, it's not coming back up. It's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, but it's good TV, so you should keep doing it's it the whole time. And yeah. I can't, and I can't, it's, so I'm stuck I gotta down try, here. but like so, I'm always afraid to so, move that I'm going to like shrink down. It, That's happened it, to me on the air. If, if anybody's times. wondering why like I'm looking into the mic, like the microphone is nose high with me right now, is because I, I was supposed to rise back up, and I I can't rise back up, so I'm just going to talk man. I hear up you. at the microphone. Isaiah had yeah. to very politely remind me earlier in the show when I was complaining about this chair back here that someone keeps moving the level on it that I'm not Ooh. the only producer that uses it. So, And I say, I'm the only one that matters <laughs> who uses it. Have you tried putting a Post-it note that says Kelly's chair on it? <laughs> no, I have There's too much of that going on around here. No. I, I'm happy to share. I'm happy to share. So something that we didn't catch at the top, well, we, we caught it, we, we didn't hit on it at the top was Deshaun Watson expected to start Friday's preseason opener against the Jags. I don't think this is much of a surprise to to people who have been paying attention to this situation, but Wes, I do wonder, given that he is likely to be facing some sort of suspension to begin the season, if they don't play him a decent amount because to get him some as much game yeah. experience as possible knowing he is – okay. If they didn't accept the six games, mm-hmm. then it's going to be eight plus. Yes. So if he's not going to see action for until nine weeks into the season at minimum, wouldn't you play him a half? And well, certainly the betting market kind of seems yeah. so because I believe this open the total open thirty three. I think it was like thirty five as of this morning. Now you're seeing thirty seven and a half across the board. So you know how many series is he going to get? I would expect he's probably going to be limited to a quarter. So that would be two potentially three series. But I do think that you've got to get him a little bit of reps just to get some timing down and just to kind of get in you know that quote unquote football shape, if you will. So you know you look, they've got guys, all of their guys have started in this league at least at one point uh Brissett, Joshua mm. Dobbs I think had a couple starts a couple years ago Josh Rosen that is their quarterback rotation in Cleveland yeah I, I just I do wonder I mean I don't bet a ton of 
preseason or anything like <laughs> yeah, that. I'm getting there, man. But like, <laughs> I do wonder if this is kind of like a, I just bet the first half yeah. in this one and feel really comfortable in betting the first half because, if, again, if, if you know this guy ain't going to be able to play until at, at the earliest week nine – I'm going to try to get him as many reps against real players mm-hmm. as as mm-hmm. I can, just so that, I mean, because let's let's not forget, he didn't play all last he didn't year. He didn't play either. last year, yeah. yeah. He, didn't, he didn't play all last year either. So I mean, like this is kind of your first opportunity to really get this guy some some playing time. And I think you brought up a good point, just in general on preseason. You know, maybe looking at more derivative markets because these numbers, obviously, there's less money mm. and there's less volume in the market. These numbers are all going to move on information. You know, they're not moving yeah. on situational handicaps or something like that because there's no real situations. Everybody's zero and zero, and everybody has the optimism at this standpoint to start the preseason. So all of these numbers are going to move based on the coaches coming out and saying – okay, we're going to play the starters into the second quarter. We're not going to play the starters at all. So you can see these numbers, especially on the totals. That's where they really move, just like I was mentioning. What was it, like 35 is it this morning? They announced, okay, Watson's going to be eligible to play. Didn't say how much he was going to mm-hmm. play. And all of a sudden, you've seen a two-and-a-half-point move on the total. I was just running to check up on the Jaguars because we saw them in the Hall of Fame game and none of their main guys played. Uh, Doug Peterson did say he's going to let the starters play this week uh, a couple quote a couple series nothing too crazy nothing too long but want to get them the feel for the game and get them in there and get them working in game situations so it does sound like they will play most of their starters for a couple series but Matt I'm kind of leaning with you man that might actually be a bet on Friday so I don't know if either one of you did you catch did you catch hard knocks last night I did not no no but I saw the uh I saw Aiden Hutchinson saw do Aiden his Hutchinson little number video. in the yes. conference room. I am ready to run through a wall for Dan Campbell. Oh yeah, <laughs> I am a I am a Lions fan. After I was five minutes into that show, uh, five minutes into the episode, and I'm like, I I, I got to order a shirt. I got to like get a hat. I got to do whatever I can do. The Detroit Lions. Going to the Super Bowl. It's yep. that Dr. Mr. Eric Eager influence on all of us now at VEASAN, who's been uh, touting the Lions this summer. And by the way, I am looking ahead to week one, Sunday, mm-hmm. September 11th. And uh, that is a very interesting underdogs uh, situation for the Detroit Lions. Keep in mind, they got absolutely crushed by the Eagles last year, 44-6. to So the Eagles are getting all that hype, and we often see that. And one mistake I think that, like, new bettors, and we have new bettors come into the market every day, they bet their season-long opinion game to game. And you don't necessarily want to do that. You know, just because you might like the Eagles for the season, maybe you got to bet on them to win the NFC East or something like that, or you got the overwind totals. You don't necessarily got to bet them right out of the box in week one because I'm looking at that that game against Detroit, and I think, you know what? Detroit's going to come out fired up considering they were competitive even in those 13 losses last year. They didn't get housed in every single one of them. They were in most of those games, but they were not in that game at all against Philadelphia. So they're going to remember that looking a little bit. I'm going to see if this goes up. I'm guessing Philadelphia could be a popular survivor play. There's a ton of road favorites, though, in week one. So uh, uh, very much beware and be very careful with some of these teams. Yeah, this, I mean, I'm not going to spoil the episode for you guys, but it just starts out, he walks into the room and just gives this, like, five-minute monologue of just, you know, setting the tone for the season, and you get done, and you're kind of like, I mean, I went and head-butted my wall. You and, can yeah, tell like, I, play I, hard I, I got up, I got up, and I'm like, I just went and head-butted my wall. My dog looks at me funny. I'm like, you want some dog? Like, I, you know, I was, I was ready to go at it. Like, because that was, that was he got thing. me fired up. 
And that was the thing, too, with the Lions. Like, uh, the previous coach, Matt Patricia, I never knew if they really took him seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that they take this guy at least a little bit more seriously. And they're still talent deficient in a lot of positions. But they are at least – you can see the game plan is to say, hey, this team's got to be tougher and more disciplined. Mm -hmm. And really what they've done in building in the draft, they've concentrated a lot up front, offensive and defensive lines. And I think, you know, trying to be like, at least we're going to win the battle in the trenches and then, you know, let's work on the skill position players from there. By the way, Jamison Williams, I saw on the crawl, not going to be ready, though, for week one, their first-round draft pick out of Alabama, still coming back from the ACL. I saw the Aiden Hutchinson video on Twitter today, and and someone pointed this out. I can't remember who I saw tweet this, but if you saw that last night, you loved it, go re-watch the video and watch the amazing part of some dude in the second row getting so pumped up, he rips off his shirt and throws it, and one of the guys is celebrating in the first row catches it with almost without realizing he catches the shirt and immediately just starts swinging the shirt. It, you've, watched, you've watched Hard Knocks enough to know how they do with the rookies. They make them introduce themselves yeah. and then say their signing bonus. You right. Know? So they have the one guy and he comes with there and he's like, he's like blah, 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 you know, or $100,000. And then Hayden, 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 <laughs> Hayden Hutchinson, or $26 million. Like, you know, you know, you know, and like the whole, the whole room is like, whoa! You know, like yeah, you got the, like an undrafted yeah, rookie yeah. off the street that's just hoping to maybe get on the practice squad. Hundred twenty six. Yeah, they're, he's like he's like twenty six million. <laughs> and they're like, your signing bonus was twenty six million dollars. I do so, I do want to watch that though because it, it was hilarious just watching the video of Hutchinson doing that where it's you know it's Billy Jean he's singing right and you can tell he starts and you can tell the whole room's like. What is this guy doing? Like it's starting off rocky. It's not great. Thirty seconds into the whole rooms into it with him. That was pretty cool. Pretty uh, cool. Wes, some other betting kind of actionable information here, though that probably gone far, far gone by now. Wake Forest going to be without their starting quarterback and Sam Hartman for quote an extended period of time because of a non-football related issue. School announced this today though they did insist that he will return at some point. Yeah, and I did bet under 8.5. You can catch my write-up, by the way, in the uh, Visa and College Football Betting Guide. The 8.5s are not available. I think I checked earlier today. I saw some 6.5s in the market. And look, I like Dave Clawson. I think Mm -hmm. he's an excellent coach. He gets a lot out of a little. They have a new defensive coordinator. Brad Lambert comes in from Purdue. He's been a pretty reputable defensive coordinator over the years, but they still got some depth issues. Mm -hmm. And the schedule, at least early on, VMI, at Vanderbilt, Liberty, they're going to be favored. Even without Hartman, they'll be favored in all those games. But I think with Wake Forest last year, who had the most successful year in the history of the program, mm-hmm. had 11 wins, uh, won that bowl game against Rutgers. They only beat four teams with winning records. So you look, the schedule gets tougher. You got Clemson at home. You go to Florida State. You have Army, which is always a tough game. Even though last year, I think the score is like 70 to 56. Yeah. And in a team that runs the triple option, it was ridiculous. You got road games. What's really going to decide Wake Forest's fate? This year in terms of what they can be that three game window at Louisville at NC State against North Carolina Syracuse and Duke projected to be at the bottom of that division in the ACC so you know hopefully you got the under eight and a half six and a half probably going to stay away we're going to run through the entire scoreboard there are runs getting scored all over the place in Major League Baseball already a goal in this all-star game Away. MLS so MLS. hopefully you bet MLS. on the MLS because they are up one to nothing. We'll also do our golf draft. Final hour of primetime action on a Wednesday coming back. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. 
We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.